Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Charles Nash again, your host here for Political Theater. I'm playing Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, only it's uh, Slice Slice Baby here. The reason I'm doing that is, folks, we're going to go ahead and get the music cut, is because of the simple fact this is the first podcast here for the great month of October. And in October comes the greatest holiday, at least for me, which is Halloween. <clears throat> but we're not here to talk about Halloween. I, I'm just mentioning it because it is one of my favorite holidays. And we're going right into the corner for the holiday season. So I had to mention that. So tonight we have a lot of news to cover. And the very first thing that I'm going to start off with here tonight, folks, is, <laughs> is something that's been going on now for the last couple of days. But it's it's really um, it's really started to really heat up, um, and that is the debt ceiling issue that is going on in Congress right now in the House. Um, I said here last week. And I've said this many times. I said that the debt ceiling was a double-edged sword, so to speak. A candle burning at both ends. And it doesn't matter, folks, like I said last week. I'm going to reiterate this again. It does not matter if they pass a debt ceiling um, bill to raise the debt ceiling. It doesn't matter. Because what's going to happen is, again, we're, right now, the national deficit is at $28.4 trillion. We're, we're slowly, you might as well say we're almost at $30 trillion. There's no coming back from that, folks. We're to a point where default is going to happen. So you have, you have the House right now, who's, the, the Democrats control and they're split. They're split between the $3.5 trillion uh, infrastructure bill that they want to pass. And, and let's just go ahead and just say it has nothing to do with infrastructure. Maybe about a trillion dollars or $800 billion of that goes towards infrastructure. The rest of it is what I like to call the Democrats' rainy day slush fund uh, for bailing out blue states that are financially in debt or Green New Deal, electric cars, garbage that's never going to work, uh, or ridiculousness that the Democrats want to try to push through. But they hit a snag here the other day. Because between what they say is moderates in the Democratic Party, which <laughs> I laughed at because there is no moderates, and progressives which is your far left. Well, folks, the far left has radicalized, has radicalized the party and they've taken it over. So much so that Nancy Pelosi here the other day, well, she lost her reign of power in the House. So now the Democrats are both, are both sides of the Democratic Party are, are split between progressives and moderates if you really believe there are moderates in there. And there is no pushing even this crazy, what they, I, I'm doing air quotes in, in right now, if you could see it, this whole infrastructure bill. Uh, it, it's at a, it's at a stop right now. So, you, you have Joe Biden here yesterday running to the White House, trying to get all the, the, the Democrats on board to try to pass this $3.5 trillion Democratic slush fund, and it didn't work. It actually made it worse. Because again, the far left is going to end up, they, they turn on each other. It's how, how much they can outdo one another. And that's what's going on right now. 
But I, I wanted to read this article this evening. Out of all of the Democrats that are voting for this bill, there is one who is not voting for the bill. He's actually kind of hung in there with the GOP. Um, and that's Joe Manchin. Now, Joe Manchin has basically came out and said here a couple of days ago that the infrastructure bill he could not vote for because it was a socialist. I'm, I'm quoting him here, folks. It was a socialist um, bill. And as he said, it would lead the United States to complete and utter collapse. Well, I'm going to read this article here. It's almost top of the page here. It says, uh, not moderate. It says, Manchin signals change of heart on Biden's socialist spending bill. It says, Manchin is open to spending bill above $1.5 I'm not ruling anything out, says Joe Manchin. It says, Senator Joe Manchin, uh, Democrat of West Virginia, said Thursday, excuse me, said Tuesday, uh, he was open to a social spending bill largely uh, larger than $1.5 trillion, signaling the possibility that the moderate Democrat, again, there's that word moderate, uh, could soften his stance on a top-line number following days of tense negotiations with President Biden's signature piece of legislation. Folks, I can tell you what's happened. Someone dangled dollar signs in front of Joe Manchin, and Joe Manchin's collapsed. The other issue is, did anyone catch here the other day uh, this was all over the news. It was on CNN. Of course it was on CNN. They showed Joe Manchin on his yacht house in one of the harbors in Washington, D.C. And it showed leftist uh, group of people, protesters, and they were in canoes. And they were paddling out in groups to Joe Manchin's houseboat with big, big horns, basically screaming so much so that Joe Manchin had to come out and tell them, look, you know, I, if you want to set up a meeting with me in my office or tomorrow, we, we can do that. But you're, you're bothering the neighbors. I'm not making this up, folks. This is kinds of things that's going on. The left is imploding on itself, and you have even further radical left individuals, protesters, going after their own members, especially the ones who won't vote on these even far radicalized bills like this infrastructure bill. So what do I think's happened with Joe Manchin? Well, two things. Joe Manchin doesn't want harassed. So he's folded like cheap Chinese paper. The second thing that's happened, someone, I, I, I don't know who, I can take a good guess, has rather promised Joe Manchin something for his state, or they flashed dollar bill signs in front of Joe Manchin, and he's, and he's folded. And it's, it's, not a, it, it's not a surprise here, folks. I know there's a lot of people who's like, well, Mr. Nash, he was a holdout. And look, again, I, I laugh at these articles that say moderate Democrats. I haven't met a moderate Democrat yet. Not lately, at least. I don't even think that word even exists. Moderate Democrat. I can't name one. And each Democrat sells out the next one. I, I just wanted to share that with anyone, with everybody. Now, the next article that I want to bring up, and I'm, I'm still going to stick with the, the debt ceiling 
uh, conversation because this also has to to go hand in hand with it here. This article was on Fox, but it's also on Rutgers as well. Um, the article was called Slide Away. Now, I thought this one was very interesting this evening because it says there's a new poll indicating an ominous trend for Democrats. It says Democratic leading pollsters, Democrat leading pollsters, has GOP leading uh, uh, generic congressional ballot. The Quinnipiac asked Americans... American citizens, which party they would prefer controlled the House. It says the pollster that typically leans towards Democrats shows that the Republican Party with it has a slight lead in the latest uh, generic uh, congressional ballot poll, a potentially concerning sign for Democrats as next year's midterms loom. It says here, though... Uh, Though the numbers are not overwhelming, they signal potentially ominous trend for Democrats as a voter recommend tossing out the party that controls the House, said Tom Malley, an analyst of the uh, Quinnipiac University polling, the pollster behind the latest numbers. Now, the latest numbers here among registered voters go this way. It says 47% said they would prefer the Republicans to control the House, while 44% said they would prefer rather to see the Democrats control the House. Um, the Quinnipiac receives about an A- minus grade for accuracy, but has a typical bias of about 0.5 points in favor of Democrats. Says the survey here was conducted on October the 1st through October the 4th. Represents the first time Republicans have led in a poll since the Quinnipiac began, began asking the question in May. So there you have it. Now, I learned this a long time ago. Polling only goes so far. In the aspect, folks, that we have plenty of time for things to change. It's kind of like the poll I said here last week where it had Ron DeSantis polling against Donald Trump for the 2024 presidential race for the White House on the Republican side, the GOP side. And they asked who would win. Well, <clears throat> again... We, we have three, we're, we're almost still, we're still three years away from another presidential race. In three years, anything can change. In three years, somebody could get sick. Someone could drop dead. Someone could decide that they don't want to run for the presidency. Donald Trump may come out, folks, and say he doesn't want to run in 2024. Now, do I believe that that he's gonna he's gonna run for president again? Absolutely, but I could be wrong on that. Again, three years, anything can change. But that is the Quinnipiac pool I wanted to talk with everyone with, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up as I was talking about the debt ceiling, because folks, people are seeing what's happening with the Biden administration. A large number of the country does not agree with our current president and his methods, his administration, what they're doing, what they're doing to the economy, what they're doing over the whole issue with COVID. Nor do they like the spending that's going on, which is just spending us into oblivion and debt. And I want to reiterate this because it was important last week and it's important still now. And it's going to be important going forward. Folks, I'm telling you, there's going to be another recession. We've had recessions before. I think this one's going to be a very long-lasting, a very big recession. 
And this administration that's in there right now under Joe Biden is going to be the Kickstarter for it. I don't like broadcasting doom and gloom. But unfortunately, all the signs, the way everything is moving, it's heading that way. We've got $28.4 trillion. You might as well say $30 trillion in debt. They're willing to add another 3.5 if this passes. And I'm telling everybody right now, even though there's infighting with the Democrats and this bill is stalled, the infrastructure bill or whatever you want to call it is stalled, it'll pass. It will eventually pass. It may not be for 3.5. It might have a price tag like Joe Manchin just said. 1.5, 2.5. It will pass, folks. And they're going to keep spending and spending and spending. Now, I know a lot of people right now are saying, well, it won't pass the Senate. Mitch McConnell, look what they're doing. They're forcing the, the, the lefts and the Democrats to vote on stuff and to, to bypass the Republicans. That's true. That is also happening in the Senate. The Republicans have all stepped away. They told Joe Biden here the other day. Mitch McConnell told him in a letter here the other day. You want to go at everything you know, without us. You've done everything thus far that you've passed without us. So go ahead and bypass us and raise the debt ceiling on yourselves. You Democrats go at it alone. We want nothing to do with it. See, that's a smart play by the Republicans. But in the same aspect... Mitch McConnell and the GOP are doing that for one reason, folks. It's to try to save their own skins in this. See, it's not just the Democrats. It's the Republicans as well. And I'm not talking about just the four years under Donald Trump. This has been going on for quite some time. Both parties have spent this country into oblivion. I'm not going to sit here tonight and sugarcoat one party over the other. Both parties have spent this country into oblivion. My children, my children's children, they're all going to be paying for this generation after generation after generation. It's a very sad and scary thing to be talking about, but it's the truth. And I'm telling everyone, like I said last week and the week before that, you will see this country default. It's going to happen. The Treasury cannot keep saving this. We cannot keep buying our own bonds. There is going to be a give. And that give is going to be the devaluation of the American dollar to nothing. And then there's going to be a global recession. You are going to see the United States economically collapse. It's already happening. <clears throat> I reported here last week, what did I say about the containers? The shipping containers that have all of our store goods that are shipped into the United States and out. They're all sitting in docks or they're docked outside of the United States in open coastal waters. They're not allowed in because of COVID restrictions. You have last week, what did I say? There's GPS satellites showing this. This is why we can't find anything in stores. And I even had some people comment over my last one. They, they, they chuckled. They said, if you're really seriously already Christmas shopping? Yes. I'm already Christmas shopping. And I'm having one hell of a hard time finding things. Because no one has anything. Or when you do order something, folks, even if it's online, it says due to COVID restrictions 
we may have a hard time getting these items, or there may be a delay on your item. I ordered one gift here the other day. I canceled it. They said I wouldn't get it until February. February. And to go hand in hand with what I'm talking about, then you have Anthony Fauci here. Not even 24 hours ago. Dr. DeFauci. What did he say? Well, he already came out and said, we might as well start blocking down things for Christmas. You might as well cancel Christmas. Don't gather. Don't go to each other's houses. Don't go to your family's house. Don't go to your friend's house because of COVID. He already started in with the Delta variant and moved right into the MU variant. Oh, yeah, we've got a bunch of new variants out there. You're going to get someone sick for the holidays. You're going to kill somebody. That's Dr. Fauci. He's already started in. The headline here, the other here, just 24 hours ago. Bah humbug. Dr. Fauci's anonymous prediction. For Christmas. I ain't making this stuff up, folks. I'm reading it right here. Right in front of me. Right here. When we come back, I'm going to take a, a, a short commercial break here. When we come back, I'm going to go right back into a little bit more of the debt ceiling. And then we've got many other topics to talk about tonight. So just hold tight, folks, and stay tuned. We'll be right back. I've lived in Ohio my whole life, grew up here, built my life here on this farm. I was raised to not complain. If there was a problem, we'd have to find a solution. I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe in, so I decided to become part of the solution here in Ohio. Ohioans deserve to have a voice that isn't bound by special interest and political favors. There's no reason why Ohio can't have a balanced budget. We need to protect the sanctity of life, protect the Second Amendment, and allow the people of Ohio to have the freedom to make their own choices for their health. I want to fight for the common people because that's what I am. Join me as we fight for what's right in Ohio. Support Joe Blystone for governor. Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Sleep is one of the most important things to your health, and MyPillow is one of the most important things to your sleep. Call or go to MyPillow.com now, and Mike will give you two MyPillow premiums for one low price. Use the promo code, and you'll also receive free shipping. That's two MyPillow premiums for one low price. I tried every pillow from expensive down pillows that just went flat to fiber-fill pillows that rebound every time you move your head. I even tried those memory foam pillows, and the curve did not match my neck, and it probably won't match yours. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. My pillow lasts 10 years, is machine washable and dryable, and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. I personally guarantee my pillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own or your money back. Call or go to mypillow.com now, and Mike will give you two my pillow premiums for one low price. Use the promo code and you'll also receive free shipping. That's two my pillow premiums for one low price. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! 
And we are back, folks, from our scheduled break here, going right into the next segment of our show here. I got Michael Jackson's Thriller on. Like I said, we're getting ready to go into the month of October here, heading right straight into Halloween before we know it. So let's go ahead and get Michael Jackson here with Thriller. Let's go ahead and get him cut off. Uh, it's probably one of the best songs for the Halloween season that you can get right there is the old Thriller. So, carrying on from before we left for break, we're going to get right back in. I want to talk just a little bit more about the debt ceiling here. This article here is from Rutgers. It's the top headline of their news. It says, Biden... Real possibility Democrats might change Senate rules for debt hike. As this President Joe Biden said on Tuesday that his Democrats might make an exception to a U.S. Senate rule to allow them to extend the government's borrowing authority without Republican help, which could head off an economically crippling debt default. See, folks, this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about, what I, what I said earlier. The Democrats are so desperate to try to cut this problem off the pass. They'll do anything to raise the debt ceiling. What they're not telling people, again, even if they extend this, come December the end of December, we're looking right at going right back into this problem again. And the problem's going to be, even if they would pass the debt ceiling, even if they would extend and say, okay, we're going to give so much money for the year, there's gonna, still going to be a default, folks. We have reached a limit of no return. The economy is going to get crippled here, no matter how you play it. But again, like I've said for a while now, you have the blind leading the blind in the White House. And there's nothing that's going to change about that anytime soon. Now, getting away from the debt ceiling issue... We, I want to go ahead and start with some really disturbing uh, news that's, that's been coming out here. Now, earlier yesterday and into today, um, there has been talk that how do I put this? The Biden administration has been putting a lot of efforts into the DOJ. And now, well, now they're going after regular parents who are going after school board members for critical race theory. Now Biden and his administration have said they are going to use the FBI and the DOJ to go after parents who are standing up against school board members all over the country, and they're going to attack freedom of speech. Parents have finally found their voices and are standing up Standing up to the corrupt school members, school boards, the education system, what they're teaching our children in schools. And now you have the Biden administration saying, no, we're going to go after you people, the American people, with everything we've got. Well, I want everyone to listen to what erupted on the Senate floor when Senator uh, Hawley... Um, he slammed the Biden DOJ for the FBI order on local school boards. 
So I want everyone to pay attention to this. It's uh, it's about five minutes, but I want everyone to hear this because it, it, it was something to listen to. Back to this extraordinary letter and memorandum that the Attorney General of the United States issued yesterday. Practically every day brings new reports about this administration weaponizing the federal bureaucracy to go after political opponents. Frankly, I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in American history. I mean, for those of us who missed the McCarthy era, I guess this president is intent on bringing it to us, but with new force and new power and new urgency, unlike anything we've ever seen. Are you aware of any time in American history when an attorney general has directed the FBI to begin to intervene in school board meetings, local school board meetings? I'm not aware, and I'm not aware that that, and that is not going on. Let me be very Really, very this clear. isn't about local school board meetings? That's not the subject of the memorandum? I thought that was in the memorandum. The memorandum is quite clear. It's one page, um, and it asks um, the uh, U.S. attorney community and the FBI special agents in charge to convene state and local law enforcement partners um, to ensure that there's an open line of communication to address threats, to address violence, um, and that's the appropriate role of the Department of Justice to make sure that we are addressing uh, criminal conduct and violence. At, at local school board meetings, let me just ask you this, is parents waiting sometimes for hours to speak at a local school board meeting to express concerns about critical race theory or the masking of their students, particularly young children, is that in and of itself, is, is that harassment and intimidation? Is waiting to express one's view at a school board meeting harassment and intimidation? As the Attorney General's memorandum made quite clear, Spirited debate is welcome, is a hallmark of this country. Um, it's something we all should engage in. And no, I don't think so, Ms. Monica. With all due respect, it didn't make it quite clear. It doesn't define those terms, nor does it define harassment or intimidation. It talks about violence. I think we can agree that violence shouldn't be condoned or looked aside from in any way, swept under the rug at all. But harassment and intimidation... What do those terms mean in the context of a local school board meeting? I mean, this seems to, in the First Amendment context, we talk about the chill, the chill to speech. If this isn't a deliberate attempt to chill parents from showing up at school board meetings for their elected school boards, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not aware of anything like this in American history. We're talking about the FBI you're using the FBI to intervene in school board meetings. That's extraordinary. Senator, I have to respectfully disagree. That is not what... Point me to an instance. The, the Attorney General's memorandum um, made quite clear that um, violence is not appropriate. Spirited public debate on a whole range of issues is absolutely what this country is all about. Um, then why is it being investigated if, when by the and FBI? If, it is not. When and if um, any... Um, uh, situation turns to violence, then that is the appropriate role of law enforcement to address it. Um, the memorandum what, covers more than violence. It talks about intimidation. It talks about harassment. So I'm asking you to draw some lines. We do this all the time in the First Amendment context. This is the, this is the sum and substance of First Amendment law. So I expect that she'll be available and, and willing to do it now. Tell me where the line is with parents expressing their concerns waiting for hours in these school board meetings. We've all seen the videos. This happened in my state. Parents have waited for hours. Sometimes the school board meetings have been ended before they can speak because the school board doesn't want to hear it. And now parents are told that if they wait and they express their views that they, they may be investigated for intimidation? I don't know who's telling them that, Senator. The job of the Justice Department is to investigate crimes. When uh, a situation turns to violence, when and if a situation turns to violence, it's the job of the Justice Department and local law enforcement to address that. The Attorney General's memorandum simply uh, asked the U.S. Attorney community, the FBI, uh, and their counterparts to ensure that state and local law enforcement has an open line of communication uh, to report threats, whether they um, happen in the context of election officials being threatened, whether they have, happen in the context of members of Congress being threatened, which the FBI responds to uh, on a regular basis, as is appropriate. The job of the Justice Department is to address criminal conduct. You know, all I can say is this is truly extraordinary. I think you know it is. It's unprecedented. You can't point to a single instance where anything like this has happened before. And I think parents across this country are going to be stunned to learn, stunned 
that if they show up at a local school board meeting, by the way, where they have the right to appear and be heard, where they have the right to say something about their children's education, where they have the right to vote, and you are attempting to intimidate them, you are attempting to silence them, you are attempting to interfere with their rights as parents, and yes, with their rights as voters. This is wrong, this is dangerous, and I cannot believe that an Attorney General of the United States is engaging in this kind of conduct. And frankly, I can't believe that you are sitting here today defending it. I intend to get answers to these questions. You won't answer my questions. I'm going to get answers to these questions. Mr. Chairman, we need to have a hearing on this subject. We need to hear from the Attorney General himself. He needs to come here, take the oath, sit there, and answer questions. We have never seen anything like this before in our country's history. And frankly, I, I want to say I think it is a dangerous, dangerous precedent. So there you have it, folks. I, I know that was about five minutes long there, but I, I wanted everyone to hear um, that exchange there over the local school boards and the DOJ uh, and the FBI getting involved. Um, to be honest with everyone, that has never happened in U.S. history. I can give you an, an explanation of why this is happening. It's called the crackdown, folks. Now, you've heard me for many, many podcasts, many months, when I say you have to start, if you want real change to happen, what has my motto always been? You have to start from the bottom up. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're trying to get local dog catcher. If you want to change something, you start from the bottom up. So you have a lot of parents that's going in who, who do not want critical race theory. I have talked about critical race theory before. I mean, there's been other people that's talked about. Look at Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck went into a huge, I mean, huge undercover report about CRT. Very in-depth coverage. There has been video within the school board systems throughout the country showing what's going on behind the scenes in classrooms. What's going on in teacher unions meetings. With what they plan on teaching children, our children. The problem is, folks, the indoctrination of our children has been interrupted. The indoctrination issues have been brought to light. And the people that's doing it, they don't want exposed, even though they are exposed. Once you shine light into a very dark corner that's never seen the light before, everything that lived in that dark void, well, everything changes around it. It doesn't like sunlight beaming in on its darkened corner. And that's what's happened here. The indoctrination of our children has been interrupted. All across the United States, parents are fighting back for their children, which they should. I don't know what parent wouldn't fight for their children. Wouldn't fight for the future of their children. Their education for their children. But as we know, when you disrupt the left and their socialist education format, this is what you get. And we have a president who is a puppet on a string. Nobody knows who the man behind the curtain is controlling Joe Biden. I can tell you it's nobody that's, that's good. But the fact of the matter is, it has, it has irked somebody to a degree 
It has disrupted the indoctrination of our children. And this is this is the consequence for this. Look at what happened with Joe Biden here two weeks ago. You had a reporter snap a photo at the southern border of security officers on horseback. Our border patrol agents. And what 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 do we get? We had Joe Biden come in and say, oh, they're they're slapping immigrants with those ropes. They're they're lassoing them. And that story got blown clear out of proportion. And the man that took the photos even come out and said though those service agents were, were not harassing migrants. They weren't whipping migrants. But what did Joe Biden say? Joe Biden and his administration came out and said, we're going to come down, we're going to come after Border Patrol agents. That's what he said, folks, word for word. He was going after, he, he was going to come after them. Well, now you have Joe Biden again here. We're going to sick the, sick the DOJ and the FBI on you. If you don't shut up, if you don't shut up, if you parents out there don't shut up and let us indoctrinate your kids the way we want to do it, well, now you're going to be looking at federal charges against you. And that's what's happening. Speaking of the same thing here, I want to read this. It's not far off what we're talking about, but it's important. We had a lieutenant colonel, <clears throat> excuse me, we had a lieutenant colonel. Um, he became a political prisoner of war. Um Lieutenant Colonel Shaler uh, became a prisoner of uh, political prisoner of war for criticizing the Biden policy on the Afghanistan pullout. Now, this article is I'm reading from is from Newsmax, but it's been on many other news outlets and front page talking points. But I wanted to talk about this because it's just like what's going on with the FBI and the DOJ coming down on school board uh, parents against the school board. So this article reads, Lieutenant Colonel Shiler became a political prisoner for criticizing the Biden administration policies. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says a Marine officer who was the prominent online critic of the Biden administration's Afghanistan withdrawal was released Tuesday after a week of solitary confinement, but the combat veteran still faces charges stemming from their withering <coughs> posts, setting up a court-martial for a man who's being called a political prisoner. It says the Marine Lieutenant Colonel um, Stuart Shiler Jr., has been confined without charges in a military jail at Camp um, Lenoir, uh, North Carolina, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, since September the 28th after allegedly violating a gag order. It's as though he <clears throat> was conditionally released on Tuesday afternoon. Charges were filed and he's set to face them at court-martial. Uh, lawyers for the family confirmed to Newsmax, adding that Shiler is also still subject to an unlawful gag order. Uh, the, extent, uh, the exact charges have yet to be revealed. Basically, to sum up this article, folks, he spoke out. He's a highly decorated Marine. He came out against the Biden administration on their policies and procedures in the Afghanistan uh, blunderous pullout. Well, 
he continued to post, write letters, condemning Biden and the administration. So what happened? Well, it's the same thing that's going on with the FBI and the DOJ coming down on parents with the school board. You're going to rail against the administration? Well, we're going to come after you. Now, I know a lot of people are going, well, he's got First Amendment rights. He's allowed to, you know, free speech. Folks, they don't care. To the Biden administration and the people that serve underneath him, the corrupt DOJ and the corrupt law enforcement that we have being installed through the military and all of our branches under the Biden administration. Is, is it really a surprise here? When you speak out, folks, they're going to come after you. That's been Biden's motto since the beginning. Remember how he said there was going to be transparency? People were going to be allowed to speak their mind. He wanted free speech. He wanted communication. Do we have any of that? We've got none of that. We have the very opposite. <clears throat> so what's the answer here? Well, the answer is, folks, again, you speak out against Joe Biden and his administration, they're going to come after you. They're going to shut you up. This is all a socialist agenda. And I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Not until this man and his administration is out of office. And then I don't know if the next person even comes in. If they can clean it up. Look what they did for four years to Donald Trump. Look at all the Obama holdovers that we had. So you know what's going to happen when the next political figure, it doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or somebody else. It doesn't even have to be a, 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 a GOP member if they would win the White House. You could have an independent go in there as president. And I'm telling you right now, there's going to be so much overwhelming problems with holdovers and what's changed under Joe Biden. Uh, folks, I'm not sure if there's even any going back at this point. I mean, things have gotten that bad. Get some other news articles up here. Did anyone catch here the other night? Now, I have reported on this here for the last two weeks. Now there is... Uh, now there is more talks with this whole new law and new bill that's being presented by the Biden administration. Again, this all ties together. This is why I'm talking about this. You want to talk about his administration shutting people up from the military to school board members. Well, now guess what? Now they really want to get really deep into your financials. It says here, if you've got over $600 in your bank account, the IRS wants to take a peek inside. Uh, Biden's IRS for snooping on your bank transactions. Now we have talked about this. I have talked about this to arm's length, but I want to I want to talk about this again because it goes hand in hand with everything that I'm I'm talking about tonight. It says the IRS wants to take a look at your bank account. Uh, it says on the next trip to the ATM, imagine that Uncle Sam is looking over your shoulder, as if your annual tax filing wasn't invasive enough. The Biden administration would like to see your checking account. Uh, Charles uh, Redding, commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service, wants banks to report annual cash flows for the ordinary account holder. Treasury Secretary 
uh, Janet Yelling is promoting the plan. And the House Ways and Means Committee is debating whether to include this mandate in the Democrats' $3.5 trillion infrastructure spending bill. <clears throat> there you go, folks. I don't know what this has to do with infrastructure, but they're going to try to slide it in there. Can you just imagine within that $3.5 trillion spending bill for infrastructure, for infrastructure, remember, I'm going to emphasize that, infrastructure. Can you imagine what else is in there that we don't know? Can you just imagine? I just read you off one right here. Now, I have nothing to hide on my taxes. I file my taxes every year. But I think the IRS has enough information on me. I don't think it's right for them to have access to your checking and savings account. But folks, Joe Biden and the Democrats, they do. And remember, this is what everyone elected. And I keep hearing people complain about it now. Remember, we heard this for four years under Donald Trump. Well, elections have consequences. Well, I'm going to throw that back at everybody who voted for Joe Biden. I really am. Elections have consequences. You voted for this man. You voted for his administration. But the key is it's hitting your billfolds now. Well, I can't wait till this goes through. And they really start seizing money out of people's accounts on either side of the party. I want to hear people's reactions. I really do. I'm going to take one more sponsored timeout here, folks. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up this evening with the last bit of news that I'm going to report on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. As I was aging, the pain in my hips was getting worse and worse. So I ordered Relief Factor for pain I was having in my neck and my knees. After 30 years of back pain, I have found relief. I am pain-free. I love it. I am so glad that I ordered Relief Factor. I am now pain-free. Thank you, Relief Factor. Folks, I don't know how to tell you how rewarding it is to hear all the wonderful Relief Factor success stories. Pat Boone again. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. Here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. And we are back, folks, with our last segment here. I've got the good old original Ghostbusters theme song. Which uh, reminds me here, I believe the third new installment of the Ghostbusters. Let me go ahead and get their song cut out here. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I believe, is in movie theaters. I believe here at the end of this month or beginning of of November. Um, So if you're a fan of the Ghostbusters, like like me, and Halloween, I, I would definitely go check that out. Um, moving right along here into the last segment here of my podcast show, um, three great articles here that I want to discuss with tonight's theme of crackdown by the Biden administration, uh, the DOJ, the FBI, all the corrupt stuff that's going on. I, I had to share this with everybody. Uh, This came out, it was published two hours ago. Uh, It's been on a couple different outlets. This one was on MSNBC. 
uh, and Fox News. It says ex-Democrat Andrew Yang starts forward party and announces PAC. That's right. You heard it. Democrat Andrew Yang. No longer a Democrat. Starting his own party. Says here, Yang insists that the two-party system is not working. This is the same Andrew Yang who was running for president um, here just a year ago and praised the Democratic Party. Did he not? Well, now he's saying the Democratic Party is broken. That's not me saying that. This is this is coming from Andrew Andrew Yang. That says former president uh, U.S. presidential candidate Andrew Yang announced Tuesday the launch of the Forward Party Pack just one day after he left the Democratic Party. It says in a letter he shared from the Pack's website, it says Yang, the founder, insists that he started the Forward Party for a new big reason. He's quoted on saying the current two-party Dupla is not working, Yang wrote. While the two major parties have different issues, we can all see the paralyzed um, and paralyzation and getting is getting worse and worse. With 42% of both parties regaining uh, regarding the other as not just mistaken but evil, neither side is able to meaningfully solve their problems. So we get angrier and angrier. Um, well, there you go, folks. There's another party. You got the forward party by former Democrat Andrew Yang. I'm just going to go ahead and just tell him good luck. <clears throat> I mean that. Good luck. Uh, I will say this, and I really do sincerely mean this. I will agree with Andrew Yang on one talking point here. Now, I don't believe in parties at all. This is why I'm an independent. I, I really don't. I, I think this is half the problem. So I will agree with him on the aspect that the parties have paralyzed the country at large. I, I agree with that point. What I disagree with here is, again, you're, you're starting... You got two parties here that's not doing anything, and you start a party of your own. This is why, folks, I, I don't believe in parties. I believe if you want to run for something, you run as the candidate. Again, I say this all the time. People should be looking at the policies, not the individual. If we could cut the party system out, half of this nonsense would stop. But realistically, that's never going to happen. It's a power control is what it is. But good luck to uh, Andrew Yang and his forward party. <clears throat> I see this going nowhere, but what do I know? Next article here comes from Politico. It talks about the uh, what happened today when uh, Congress learned from the Facebook whistleblower. By the way, did, did everyone survive the, um, what was it, the Facebook uh, blackout that ha lasted for, what, six to eight hours here, here yesterday, into this morning? Did, did everyone survive that? I'm just asking. I mean, I, I don't use Facebook unless I'm promoting something, but uh, I just find it very sad that uh, Facebook had to put itself in jail. Now, Facebook said this was due to <clears throat> some kind of locking procedure at one of their facilities. I, I don't understand how that shuts down your whole network globally. <clears throat> Excuse me here. 
I believe, like a lot of other people have been saying, I don't know if this is true. I kind of feel they probably got hacked. I mean, everybody else is getting hacked. Fuels get, lines are getting hacked. Uh, power grids are getting hacked. Meat companies are getting hacked. Why not Facebook? But there was a, um, a meeting with a whistleblower that worked at Facebook today. And she basically came out and said that Facebook, like most big tech companies out in Silicon Valley, are corrupting minors and children. And of course, now you've got Congress, you got both sides, GOP and Democrats. You got them both coming out and saying, well, that's just ridiculous. Now we've we've got to really put the screws down to Silicon Valley. We've got to take control and monitor the internet. Nothing is ever going to change with those folks. Nothing. They're going to make a big, blow a big proportion out of this. They're never going to rein in these tech companies. They're never going to rein them in. Look at me and, and my fights that I have had with YouTube. I've won some and lost some. Now they're back to, again, anything that you say with COVID, you're taken off. That's why I don't even, I, I still have a YouTube account. But that's why I stopped posting my videos on there. Heaven forbid I put audio like this on here. Or something from the radio. <laughs> I'd be pulled off the network faster than... than you, you could say Halloween tomorrow. I mean, there is no freedom of speech through these big tech companies. And you honestly think that they don't corrupt our children? Oh my word. I walk around right now and see five and six years old kids going on about their Facebook pages. Five and six year old kids going on about Facebook. I can't get on my Facebook. What's going on? Kids having a meltdown at bus stops because they can't check their Facebook page or their Instagram page or TikTok. But that, that's the news article there. What Congress learned from the white from the Facebook whistleblower. That's what they learned. Which we've already known. We've had Facebook and Twitter and you name it in front of Congress and hearings and we hear the same thing and nothing is ever done about it. Nothing is ever going to be done about it. The best thing that they could do if they really wanted to get control of some of these companies, break them apart. That's what they did with Microsoft. Remember when you become a monopoly? Break these companies up. And you wouldn't have this done. You wouldn't have this control of free speech over everyone. Break them up. If they're not a monopoly, I don't know what is. Well, that is the news for the night, folks. Um, now, I had said last week that I was going to have a special guest on. Uh, I still am going to have that special guest on. Um, again... It will be uh, Brett Cornelius uh, should be here this uh, Saturday. Uh, he's running for uh, Marion City at large uh, city council. So um, I've got some other people in the works as well. Uh, he was supposed to be here over uh, the weekend last week, but he wasn't feeling well. Um, asked if he could reschedule it. So I've got him rescheduled. So hopefully... I will have him on for everyone to hear uh, this Saturday, um, unless something changes. So I just want to let everyone know there was a little bit of a change, um, but he, I, I will have my guests on. If, if you're someone who lives in Marion County here in Ohio, you're wanting to hear about some of the people who's running for different um, uh, political uh, city um, positions, before you make a vote or you make a decision, um, again, we are going to have them on. You'll have plenty of opportunity to listen um, and make an educated decision about who you're going to vote for um, for here in November. 
So again, that is happening, just a little bit of a, a switch up on the dates. Um, again, like I tell everybody, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you can catch me on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, um, Pocket Casts. Uh, we're on several of them out there. So again, drop us a line. I'm on Facebook as well under Charles Nash Political Theater. Um, it doesn't even have to be news. It could be about anything. Tell us how we're doing. If you have a segment that you would like to um, for us to talk about, I can. If you want to come on my show, uh, you can. Especially, like I said, if it's something political or you're running for something, please, by all means, come on the show. Not a problem. And speaking of my show, I'm actually working on um, getting my my actual uh, podcast office um, built right now. So when I do go back to doing live videos for people to see on the Ditto Cam, you will see me in a nice office. No other noises, no distractions from where I'm broadcasting out of right now, which is just my my family den room. So, but again, uh, that's in the works as well. So we're going to be moving some things here, getting, getting an actual station up here. So, but just hang in with us. Like I said, we'll have some guests on here within the next week or two. I want to thank everybody again for listening. This has been another episode of Political Theater with me, your host, Charles Nash. And I hope everyone has a great night. Thanks, folks.